Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm the mononymous Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. We didn't do Jeff, Christmas you've done that one before. Have I? Yes, definitely. Well, then I'm bringing back the classics. You talked about how you thought it was funny to say the mononymous Jeff because it is intrinsically non-mononymous once you add the extra qualifier. Well, you know, whatever works for people in their relationship, I'm not going to hate on non-mononymy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we didn't do what? Christmas What's nicknames, although I guess we already tried that earlier in the month, huh? What's that? I said we didn't do Christmas nicknames, although I guess we tried that earlier in the month, huh? Oh yeah, this Did is we? our Christmas episode. Oh yeah, I guess it is. God, it's so weird that Christmas is this week. It's so weird yeah. that Christmas is happening this year, and <laughs> it didn't just get cancelled somehow? I mean, it basically isn't. Well, yeah. Everyone's kind of phoning it in this year. <laughs> yeah, literally. No one's, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got him. You fucking got yeah. him, all those people who can't see their loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Enjoy your phone awesome. call. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're taking a very antagonistic approach to the audience, maybe too soon in the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like, now, to the victims of the pandemic as well. Yeah. Now, I don't know exactly who listens to this podcast, but if any of them have used their phone as a phone in the last year, I will be shocked. <laughs> I've taken a phone call yeah. sometime in the past year. Yeah, but was it uh, some kind of, like, right-wing polling group trying to get you to admit that you actually hate Democrats? Uh, Aside from the people who insist that my uh, 2006 Subaru Impreza has a a factory warranty. Yes, Yes. I get that a lot, too. Oh my god, me too. (laughs) I've spoken to friends on the phone. Here's the thing young people do that's so upsetting, though. They FaceTime instead, Matt. So they use their phone, and then they have to have all their attention focused on their phone while they're having a phone call, which is fucking insane to me. No, I need to be able to, like, play Tetris or something, or I'm not going to pay attention to what that person's saying at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's the... It's the, like, 80s laying on your bed, talking on your hamburger phone. Like, teens do that because teens are boring. (laughs) But adults have have other things to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We don't. Right now, we don't have other things to do. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely have other things to do. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's many things I would rather do, I guess, is the (laughs) distinction. Not just would, I need to do so many things today. And every day. Yeah, I have my to-do list right in front of me, but all of the things I have to do involve what I'm doing right now, which is sitting at my computer. That's good. For me, like, I need to wrap my my Christmas presents so badly, it's making me... I literally have stress nightmares every night about not wrapping my presents. Why? Matt, Matt, why don't you wrap them good instead of so badly? Oh, yeah, then you wouldn't have those nightmares. (laughs) Jeff, you have to stop torpedoing every line of conversation with the worst possible joke. No, I like You have it. to stop or yeah, this podcast no, will be no, over in I one enjoy minute. It. Our just, just sending out those blue time. shells while you're uh, trying to drive on the rainbow road here. <laughs> Alright, well then I'm gonna hang up and you guys can just keep going. <laughs> no, you can't hang up on your one phone call a year. Yeah, what about Christmas, remember? We, yeah. we promised. <laughs> we promised we? Santa? I don't know. I thought maybe that would tug on your heartstrings. <laughs> you need to pick heartstrings to tug on. You can't just, like, assume the heartstrings are there and start tugging. Yeah, yeah. who are you, the mean Mr. Grinch? No, you, Jeff is yelling you, at you, Louisa. You did it wrong. No, I'm turning, I'm reflecting it back. <laughs> who are you, the mean Mr. Grinch? <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, that's a good Santa? point. <laughs> that yeah, song's okay. very horny, right? We've already talked about it. Get her, Louisa. <laughs>
Yeah. Yourself. <laughs> uh, I mean, is it just that Basil Rathbone's deep voice makes people horny? Is that why that song is popular? No, that's not uh, him. Thurl Ravenscroft. Thurl Ravenscroft. Same difference. They both got ridiculous goth names. Yeah. But they also went into goth careers, so that was very smart of them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> is it- I mean, sometimes destiny chooses you, you know? It's being Jeff's about to ask goth career. Oh, I thought Jeff was about to ask if Sherlock Holmes was goth, and I was going to say yes. I was going to ask that, but I figured Basil Rathbone had other things he did. Uh, probably. I don't know. I wouldn't know. But also, uh, yes, acting is the most goth career I think possible. That's true. Oh. You really idolize being young and like innocent, oh, wait. and then you- what about Undertakers? No, The Undertaker's a jock. Oh, come on, Jeff. Jeff, come on! I asked you once nicely to stop. I can't! My brain's just in that mode today. Well, we can't- we're not gonna be able to get into any kind of conversational flow. No, I totally buy it. You have to be able to lift a coffin with a body in it. That's pretty jock behavior, right? Yeah! No, that's a Paul Bearer! (laughs) No, Paul Bearer's his manager. It's a different guy. God damn it, Jeff. I'm going to hang up this car. Paul, I'm not joking. It's going great. I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm, Matt, I'm you just need to buy in. Getting angry now. <laughs> no, no you that. just need to buy in. I want to say, being a undertaker is not a particularly goth career because you have to do real work. Whereas, an, being an actor, you can focus on yourself. Like being a poet, you can focus on yourself and how sad or uh, important you are. Yeah, I feel like actual undertakers are, like, very business-like, usually, in my experience of meeting two undertakers in my life. Yeah. It's very good to be an undertaker in a movie. Yes, that is true. But those are actors (laughs) pretending to be undertakers. (laughs) Oh, see, you got me. You freaking got me. Um, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, is there a more goth career than actor? Hmm. Poet, I'm gonna say, but that's not really a career anymore. Mm, Not anymore, not a career. Poets, I feel like poets are too horny. I guess goths are horny. Yeah, I think, I think 19th century poet is for sure very goth. Modern day poet is Well, that's not really a job. (laughs) You can't apply for that. (laughs) Right, it's not a job that exists anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying if anyone saw Maya Angelou on the street, they wouldn't be like, there's a goth. <laughs> Although she's dead now, so maybe. Oh, yeah. man! <laughs> if you saw a dead person on the street, you'd definitely be like, wow, that's pretty goth. Yeah, that's true. Or metal, depending on how their skeleton looks. Same thing. Yeah, the same thing. What? Wait, we gotta dive into that. <laughs> yeah, don't let anyone tell you different. They're the same. <laughs> that goth and metal are the same thing? Yeah. yeah. I feel like goth and metal are come from the same soil, but... Okay. The soil of uh, teenage angst? Yes, but goth is like, I'm gonna take this and be horny with it, and metal is like, I'm gonna take this and be angry with it. See, no, I'd say a goth takes the sadness and anger of existence and turns it inwards, whereas a uh, metal takes it and turns it outwards. Mm-hmm. Um, metal is just incel goth. Mm, that's true, because real goths are always fucking, and that's why they're so exhausted. <laughs> yeah, but they don't, they don't enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They don't know how think- they have it, those lazy goths. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're all on uh, whatever kind Laudanum? of makes you Laudanum, yes! Yeah! <laughs> we did it. Cool. <laughs> um, I, feel, I feel like the modern version of, of goths is like folk musicians. Like, mm. I feel mm. like the Decemberists or like, um, 
like, uh, what were Mumford and Sons? Like, that's the modern version of that. Yeah, I can, I can get in there with you, but I don't think they're exactly the same. But I do, I was, yeah. I was thinking I, John Darneal. Uh, I guess the, the point I was trying to make is, like, we think of goths as being this way because we grew up in a time when goths were this way, but if you're a goth now, you have to have a certain level of stick to itiveness yeah. because it's so not important anymore. It's not even out of fashion. It's just like everyone's like, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> like, goth is so centered on getting attention from people and we've just decided to stop. Yeah. I feel like goths have a good commitment to look at me, whereas uh, the people you're describing are very focused on an idea of I'm not trying to be looked at, but also look at me. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I am a chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah. They say. I'm Mumford and these are my many sons. They yep. say. It's true. My large adult sons. <laughs> Never speak to me or my Mumford and sons again. Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, this week I watched the movie Cats. Who's oh, seen yes. it? Jeff has seen it. Matt has Jeff not has seen, seen it. it. Okay. I have not, no. Um, I just want to say I was surprised, even expecting it to be very bad, and hearing everyone talk about it, it still caught me by surprise at how bad it was. There were several moments where I'm like, this is like a, a huge movie, and these are all well-known people who are doing this, and I'm watching them, and there was like a whole crew there filming this, and it's so wild to me. I think it really shows the dangers of computer effects in movies because for a long time we've known that they sucked ass mm -hmm. but i think what we didn't realize is how hard it makes it for you on set to realize that what you're doing is shitty garbage yeah, yeah. that might be part of it i i think that uh, I had heard a rumor that the reason it looked so bad was because they were supposed to motion capture the people, but the motion capture didn't work, so they just had to hand animate all of the cat fur. Um, hmm. And yeah, I, one of my friends is an animator on Facebook and worked on cats, so I asked him, and he was like, "I can't get into the specifics, but let's just say it was a lot of work." So I yeah. think that I think that what happened was they had to uh, animate by hand large swaths of things that were supposed to be, uh, like, motion capture and look okay. Now, I don't know. A lot of it was weird choices, but I think some of that was from the stage production also. Yeah, that's true. I need to delve into something Jeff said, because I want to genuinely understand it. You said it was supposed to be motion capture, but, quote, it didn't work. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, maybe Tom <laughs> Hooper doesn't know how to shoot motion capture, and so he did it without enough ping pong balls or whatever. I was gonna say, do they still do ping pong balls to motion capture? Have, have we not figured out a way around that yet? I saw I behind know. the scenes of the filming of Cats, and I think mostly they had on, like, green screen suits. Hmm. hmm. Okay. That's not motion capture. That's, like, the opposite. That's, like, motion ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Just their floating face <laughs> moving around the scene. Is it been such better but, movie? <laughs> yeah, but we are okay. Now we're getting into it because what Louisa said before, and I was like, well, maybe they didn't know it was shitty because of the CG. Mm -hmm. If you're telling me that the guy who made this movie was like, we're doing motion capture, and then got a bunch of green screen suits, and no one on set was like, hey, green screen is different from motion capture, dude. That's not good. That you did know you were doing a bad thing then. I don't right? Know. 
Who knows? Who could say? I don't know how like, any of it works. But we all know that green screen is to erase something from the shot, not to keep an extra close eye on it, right? Right. We know you, this. You erase Taylor Swift's body from the shot and replace it with a sexy cat body. Yeah. If you've captured <laughs> the dreams. motion of that sexy cat body, which you haven't because you didn't do motion capture. <sighs> I don't know. Who knows how they did any of it? But yeah, something they that really just worn costumes. <laughs> Something that really surprised me was, I was talking about this on social media, and uh, I was confused by the lack of dialogue for the main character, who is a white cat named Victoria, who gets mm-hmm. to see all the cats do all their dances. Is this Taylor Swift? No. no. <laughs> okay. Taylor I don't Swift know anything the last, about this movie. Mm, 15 minutes of the movie, she shows up, does one number, that's it. Okay. She's um, like, isn't isn't Idris Elba so cool? And then she doses everyone with catnip and leaves. Yeah. Uh, but this main cat, I was like, she doesn't have much dialogue. She's like a nothing. And as someone told me that she's not in the stage play. They added her <laughs> for the movie. That's excellent. Yeah, she's That's just so like a background. She's one of the background cats, but they needed like a, an audience surrogate for the movie for some reason. Did they? Oh my god. It's just baffling. Because I already knew that the style of musical this was was one of those ones that are just like, look at these numbers. They're all strung together, but not really with a plot. And that's fine. I don't mind that. But adding this extra layer of plot with this main character who has motivations that she's unwanted. She was thrown away, I guess, at the beginning of the uh, movie. Um, But she never gets like a human family or anything. So <laughs> what's the catharsis is, there? Is Cats the musical good in any way? I don't think so. Uh, financially, for mm. its producers. But there's some weird phenomenon in people who like musical theater that is that seems different from other stuff, where, like, people who like movies and will watch a movie that's terrible and be like, haha, this is terrible, I love how terrible this is, but when you talk to people who like cats and you're like, haha, yeah, it's funny how stupid it is. They're like, no, I genuinely like cats. Yeah, but- I don't understand that. Yeah, why? You can't! Yeah, there's a lot of cat puns in the movie. <laughs> if you were imagining this is a real society of cats, the thing they love most in the world is human puns and metaphors involving cats. Now that makes sense to me. <laughs> that just, that's just how cats do, I think. I guess it's- so. It's just completely insane because, like, they're just thinking, well, Memory is a pretty good song, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way that they actually are remembering the rest of the bad music. Yeah. I can see being like, it's really cool, the costuming. Like, mm-hmm. if you were if you were very into musical theater costumes and you went to see the, the stage show of Cats and you saw these, like, crazy cat costumes and the dances, you'd be like... This is radical. Yeah. But it's not a good play, and to be like, let's make a movie of this, we're gonna get rid of all the costumes and all the choreography, what are you doing? Yeah, they made some very weird choices, too, because of course in the stage play, you know that it's people, and we all understand that, of course. So they're wearing, like, they'll wear, like, a big fur coat, and it's like, oh, this is like the cat's fur, but it's a person wearing a fur coat, so it's uh, synergy between costume and uh, verisimilitude. It's the magic of theater, etc. But in the movie, they'll be, they'll have that fur that Jeff's friend had to spend a million hours animating, and then they'll wear a fur coat over that that's like the same color, and you're like, is this also supposed to be part of their skin? But then sometimes they can like take it off? What does that mean? (laughs) 
what is this? Yeah, yeah, Rebel Wilson's skin is very confusing in that movie because she at one point pulls mm-hmm. all of her fur off to reveal a, a tuxedo with more fur underneath the tuxedo. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. It, it, there's no established rules that they seem to follow in this movie. And the, the scale of everything is complete nonsense. Yes! That got me the most. There's a one point where cats are watching uh, cockroaches do a dance for them. <laughs> and the cockroaches... Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh... The cockroaches are maybe two inches tall, and they're also little people, like, with tap shoes and stuff on in cockroach costumes. But... If now, ta- I need to, I, I'm sorry, I need to ask a follow-up. When you say little people, do you mean... CGI normal-sized okay. people. Right. Okay, thank yes. you. Yes, okay, That no. was gonna be extra horrible to me. Okay, continue, go on. Yes, they're like chorus girls. They're like, you went to Rockefeller Center, but they're all dressed as cockroaches for some reason. Except... <laughs> They're about two inches tall, and that means, and the cats are supposed to be cat sized. So that means these cockroaches would be about the size of a grain of rice. I'm trying to figure out. Which is mm. way too small for a cockroach. But then yeah. when they're sitting down to eat dinner, Victoria is holding a fork and knife that are each as big as she is. Yes. So is she huh. the size of a fork and knife? <laughs> or is she the size of a human? Or is she the size of a cat? Like, what's yeah. going on? And Rebel Wilson picks up a drinking glass with both hands, but it's about the size of, like, a soup bowl. So if that was a real <laughs> drinking glass, it would be, what, like, thimble-sized? It's very hard to figure out what's going on. Oh, God. The thing, the thing that I was asking earlier about, like, is this stage show good? I guess the point I was I was trying to get to is like, could there have been good decisions made about this? They like you're one... right that they made the worst possible decisions, but I'm trying to imagine like people claim to like this show unironically. Uh-huh. Yeah. But is there anything about this show that people like unironically that could possibly translate to film? I don't they, think so. I think they made one good choice in the movie, and it was hiring Jennifer Hudson to sing Memory, because she does a genuinely <laughs> fantastic job at it, even though they have her in the worst costume, the worst CGI, and she's covered in snot the whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she does a genuinely good performance of that song, because she's good at singing. Yes, that's true. That is the is one that even thing. a good song? It's better Sounds than any nice. other song in the musical. I will say that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. There's the in- Mr. Mistopheles song, which I also knew before the movie. The only two I knew were Memory and the Mr. Mistopheles song. He's a magician, so they're all trying to, like, say how great he is to give him courage to do good magic. <laughs> uh, so... The only lyrics to that song seem to be one line, but they repeat it a mm, hundred times. Yeah. It goes on uh, that's forever. Very, that's extremely Interlude Weber, though. Like, that's his whole steeze. Yes. I, I heard that that was a big change where that song in the stage show is him bragging about how cool he is. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't know why they would make that choice. All the other cats got to brag about how cool they were. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, very... Maybe to make there I'm be sure. any kind of character dynamics at all. Like, yeah. instead of just every Every character coming out and being like, I'm so great, here's why. Well, Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat was correct, he is so great. 
that fucking railway cat number went on forever. You're like, he's he's dance, he's tap dancing on railroad tracks, and the guy who played him is a, a real dancer. So you're like, yeah, this is quite impressive, although not so much in a movie as it would be on stage, but that's yes. fine. But then they go into a railway car so he can talk about all the things he does. I'm like, this, why? This is like his own music video in the middle of this movie. <laughs> I The whole thing was just a series of music videos. <laughs> And one That's thing kind of Ian McKellen like like mumbles and burps out a song for some reason, and he's also delightful and having a great time. Yeah, he gets one of those older man shout songs where he doesn't have to sing at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a, definitely a movie that I think is worth watching because every actor in it, except Dame Judi Dench, who clearly hates being there, is having the goddamn time of their life doing this horrible, stupid musical. <laughs> I disagree. I don't feel like they're having a good time. And the times it cuts to, like, Rebel Wilson or uh, James Corden so they can deliver a one-liner fucking sucks so bad. <laughs> it made my skin crawl. Yeah. that I mean, that, that kind of thing, I have not seen this movie, but that kind of thing happens in bad movies all the time where they're like, oh, if we put a comedian in here and they can make fun of how stupid this movie is, then it'll make it good, right? You, If you knew it was bad, then stop doing it. <laughs> Yeah, Jason Derulo has a, he's Rum Tum Tugger. He has a number where he brags about how great he is, of course. And then after that, uh, it gets to Rebel Wilson who's like, mm, wonder how you can hit those high notes. Do you think you got spayed? Or something like that. I'm like, Ugh, did you, is this necessary? I'm sure this wasn't in the musical. Also, wasn't there a whole thing about how you could see his dick in the, uh, <laughs> costume or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> no, all the cats have completely uh, smooth Ken doll crotches. No, I yeah. know, but wasn't there a whole... There was a whole internet thing about how, like, it was wild how much of a bump you could see on Jason Derulo on this. <laughs> I'm not I making this I up. I don't know about yeah, it. that okay. sounds familiar. Uh, it's, I forgot about Jason Derulo being in there. He's also a very good singer, which is weird because all of his music that he makes, like, normally is very generic, like, dance club pop music. I don't know. I, I think he uh, has some that he does a good job with, but he's clearly a theater kid, which is why he wanted to yeah, do this. Yeah, I was surprised. I also he has no him- problem writhing around on stage <laughs> wearing a ridiculous cat costume. <laughs> He's also, uh, like, trained in opera singing. I saw him singing, like, the national anthem or something, and it was very beautiful. Like, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I don't know anything about Jason Derulo, but does he look kind of like Kyle MacLachlan in this movie? Because that's the only pictures I'm seeing. No. You're you're looking at that gray cat who's, like, the um, ringleader. I don't know his name. When, but he kind of looks like Kyle MacLachlan, right? When I looked up the credits, there's one that's like, uh, Rorschach or whatever, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then I realized that that was the ringleader cat. Oh yeah, and, and he sits on about. the roof of that, that house and is like, <laughs> they're gonna say save me and I'm gonna say meow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're not looking uh, up, you're you, not looking you, up yeah. Tum Tiger, goddammit. Is you're it doing Growl it wrong. Tiger? Is Growl Tiger the one you're thinking of? That's Ray Winstone, tragically. Uh, oh, I looked up Jason wow. Derulo cats, and the first result is, much to his dismay, Jason Derulo's penis in cats is smaller than he would like. <laughs> See, I told you it was all thing! They said they CGI'd the dick out. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he is naked on every one of his album covers. Is that not enough for him? <laughs> Does he need more? He's a king. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? <laughs> Well, now what I did is think about cats a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what did I do this week? Uh, oh, I've been playing a lot of Grindstone, which just, just came out for the Switch. It was formerly an Apple Arcade exclusive. Hmm. Um, and this is the new puzzle game from the company Copybara Games, who I think just go by Cappy now. Is it like um, Hearthstone? What? What other? Uh, Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, it is not like Hearthstone. I thought that too. Uh, they made a puzzle game called Critter Crunch for, um, <laughs> like everything back in 2007. Might and Magic Clash of Heroes is where you would know them from, Matt. Ah, yes. I uh, did play that game. They also, um, made Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP. <laughs> um, a couple other games. Uh, and this new one, Grindstone, which is a return to, uh, puzzling for them um and it's it's interesting twist is that in addition like you draw a path to match all the like monsters that are the same color but you have a character who's on the board and you can only draw starting with him okay is it was it made in um concert with the adventure time people because the animation is extremely adventure time yeah it does look that way um I am looking on the list of artists here, and I don't recognize any of the names, so I, I can't mm. help you there. Um, but yeah, it's got a very charming, like, hand-animated art style. Uh, I mean, maybe a little generic, like, modern cartoon, but um, you... It, it was Monkus Trap. What? That was the one that the one that the cat that looked like uh Oh Tom okay. Yeah, I don't I swear to god they don't say his name at any point in the movie, but then he's right at the top of the credits and I could not figure out who he was. Oh yeah, yeah that's the one who's leading um is he he's leading all the the cats around to the different cats, right? Yeah, he sings the song in the cemetery about how cats have three names, you know. Yes, okay. God. But he doesn't get even one in the whole thing. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Uh he sings a song about how cats have the names that humans know them by and they have their own secret name and then uh-huh. there's definitely a third one and i cannot remember anything <laughs> about it in the song and mm. then the whole time i'm like what's victoria's third name gonna be because uh, she only has victoria which is clearly the name humans gave her and she doesn't know herself as a cat yet so she's gonna figure it out no that never happens <laughs> I think I think that T.S. Eliot might have thought cats were very stupid because he gave them all very stupid names for themselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it's me, Buster for Jones. Like, no, that's a bad name. Why don't you just be Craig? <laughs> mm, I mean, if, the, if cats didn't exist and somebody was like, hey, there's this new rapper called Buster for Jones, you'd be like, that's a cool name. <laughs> right. It would be a really cool name for a rapper and a very bad name for a cat played by James Corden. Buster for Jones sounds... Sounds like, um, uh, what's the, uh, Andre 3000's new stage name? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they all have weird hip-hop names. Old Deuteronomy. Yeah. But which came first? Did the did all of hip hop take its influence from cats, I guess is what I'm saying? Well, this uh, already happened yes. because there was a band called Mungo Jerry, which is named after one of the cats from cats. Yeah, and they were of course the first hip hop band. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if we're talking about musical acts in the real world named after the cats, there fucking was one and they were famous. Yeah, we're not talking about that, though. You're the only one talking about that. We were talking about It's a about very hip-hop. good point! This is a good point! You know, you're right! <laughs> so we all agree that uh, Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser are the horniest of the cats from Cats? I don't know any of the cats. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess so. Rum Tum Tugger's pretty horny, but only for himself. I mean, he's got yeah. Tugger right in his name. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, Grindstone. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a pretty fun game. I think it might still be on its, like, launch sale. 
Um, but the, the twist of it is you can switch colors, um, if you create grindstones. So you, if you chain together 10, you generate a grindstone. Hmm. And then wherever that lands on the board, you can use it as like a switch to switch to a different color. Hmm. Uh, and any of the enemies that require you to like have a chain of 10 before you match with them, uh, also act as like a wild card. You can switch colors. So you can end up bidding, build, building like pretty crazy chains of like 30 and 40 creatures across this uh board that doesn't seem like you'd be able to make it that far interesting so you mentioned this on uh on our discord and i looked into it because i'm always in the i'm always on the lookout for good puzzle games and i watched all of the trailer videos for this and the puzzle element seems interesting to me but the like branding or like flavor around it is so off-putting because while i liked adventure time i didn't much care for the um aesthetics of it i didn't particularly care for the the art style and so much of it is um of the 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 branding of this game is like look at this huge beefy guy he's gonna crush the skulls of everyone and i'm like i don't i don't want that (laughs) Yeah, it is a little, uh, it's sort of just like, yeah, you're the cool badass, uh, go out there and do some puzzles. <laughs> um, which yeah. is an approach, I guess. It's just like, I mean, again, obviously the, the videos are trying to highlight the, the parts that they think people will find cool, but so much of the gameplay videos are like showing like how violently the screen shakes when you get a big enough combo or whatever. And it's like, this looks unpleasant to play, actually. <laughs> um, it is, I will say, probably the uh, best touchscreen controls game that I've played on the Switch, because um, mm. it works so much better with the touch controls than with the controller. Um, I often forget that my Switch has a touchscreen controller. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Although... Oh, sorry, go on. No, it's okay. Making those big chains is very satisfying, because, like, he speeds up as he goes along it, and it it feels like you've done a good job uh, matching puzzle pieces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say, I... Uh, picked up on launch sale this week the uh, Final Fantasy Legend pack on the oh, Switch, yeah. which uh, I love how terrible the Final Fantasy Legend Game Boy games were, and I was so excited to play them again. It has a mode where you can take off the Joy-Cons from your Switch and play it in portrait mode, where it has the, the picture at the top, and then the bottom is... Uh, the controls laid out like an original Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) So you hold it like a Game Boy and play it like the original Game Boy. And that's so cool. That's pretty good. That's fun. I immediately, I checked it out and then immediately stopped playing it like that because it sucks ass. But I love that it's an option. (laughs) Um, Those are all part of the Saga series, correct? Correct. Okay. It's very weird that there were just some 90s Final Fantasy games that were only Final Fantasy games in the United States. Yes, that's true. Like, the Final Fantasy Legend games were Saga, and Final Fantasy Adventure was, um... What's that Super Nintendo action RPG everyone loves? Actraiser. Secret of Mana. That's in uh, that series. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Final ah. Fantasy Adventure is a Secret of Mana one. Yep. Anyway. Um, what was the one that was like a weird board game? 
Uh, Final Fantasy. Mystic Quest? Mystic Quest, that's the one. was that like a board game? No, it's like a board game. It was like, there was like a world map. I guess it wasn't at all like a board game. (laughs) Well, you said that, I thought Unlimited Saga, which is very similar to a board game. There was a world map, but it was like a uh, Super Mario World world map where you could not go wherever you wanted. There was a path. Yeah. Yeah. So you like selected your stage and then you would go through the, the level. It was bad. Yeah. But it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as terrible as everyone says it was. I, I enjoyed it despite its badness. Although playing this Final Fantasy Legend pack makes me realize how much more willing I was to put up with terrible game design in those days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) I think the the place where we all landed on Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is, it's not good, but it was enjoyable. I think most people say it was terrible, which I know that. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Of the people I know who played it when they were children, most of them are like, yeah, I know it's not very good, but I did like it a lot. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Everyone I've ever spoken to in person about that is like that, but Every, like, game reviewer or online list of all of the Final Fantasy games has it as the worst one. And there were worse ones, you guys. <laughs> there were worse ones. Final anyway. Fantasy 3, for example. Actual, actual 3, not 6. Yeah, 6 was maybe the best one. Yeah. yeah. 3 was just like, all of your characters are called Onion Kid and have no personality and they all have the same <laughs> skills. Yep, it's true. I mean that that was their whole that was the whole deal of Final Fantasy for the first like four of them. Yeah. Um did we do ever what everyone did? Matt, did we do what you did? No. I mean <laughs> I kind of took over what you did with talking about uh Final Fantasy Legend. It's but funny. I'll go quick. Uh I wanted to talk about um I spoke a couple weeks ago about my Cole's cash that I got mm-hmm. and I needed to spend it. Uh I had a deadline to spend it and it was super fun, like a weird Brewster's Millions uh <laughs> or like shopping spree in a in an online Kohl's. Brewster's so you say that now. You say that now, but at the time you were like, This is a burden, this is an albatross around my neck. <laughs> yeah, that's what made it so fun. Like <laughs> things like the reason that a shopping spree like, if I'd gotten all of that Kohl's cash and there wasn't a time limit, I think I would have been sitting here wringing my hands to this day, like, yeah. I could spend this, but what if I need it more later and then I would just never use it? Yeah. But I had two weeks, I had to do it, I had to make some reckless purchases, and oh boy, I did. <laughs> um, And I got an air fryer, which we talked about, and is great. But mm-hmm. the other thing I got was a hydroponic garden for my kitchen. Uh-huh. And you guys, it's awesome. <laughs> Growing so much weed in there. <laughs> Not yet. I wonder if they will sell that when it becomes legal in New Jersey. I don't know. Growing weed is still like complicated questionably legal everywhere also so. apparently stinks up your house which is the main problem well, people have yeah it, that so. makes sense weed smells awful yeah well hold on <laughs> because i mean I'm, I'm sure you're right louisa but like I, I don't know that that logically follows because the smell something produces when it's alive and a plant versus when you've burned it <laughs> i think are two very different smells right that's true Maybe. but i know people who have grow operations illegal ones have had to um i saw hbo think about this once you have to get like an air filtration system so that mm. no one can smell the smells that are in your basement that sort of thing yeah but i bet if you grew one plant it probably wouldn't be a big deal as opposed to growing like a thousand like anyway it doesn't matter i'm not gonna do it (laughs) okay 
Um, I got, so the, the kit came with three seed pods. It has, the, the hydroponic garden has three, like, things, I don't know, divots you can put these seed pods into, mm-hmm. and then they grow. Uh, and you pour, like, two cups of water into the bottom of it, and then you just let it go. And, uh, the seeds I got were basil, dill, and a third one that <laughs> didn't have a type of plant printed on it, Ooh. and instead had, like, a weird blurred stamp. Uh-oh, did you grow a Slender Man? <laughs> I don't know! It's the, It hasn't finished growing yet! You need to make sure but you don't hear Jen- it when you pull it from the ground, because it'll scream, and then you'll turn to stone. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jen and I both looked at it for a long time, and the closest we could get to what the stamp said is guilt. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Don't grow that one, maybe. <laughs> well, it's too late. It's already growing. It's so been I'm growing very... inside him all his life. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see what it turns out to be. It's just a little sprout right now. It's really hard to tell. But the other two are growing like gangbusters. I mean, I they it's been almost two weeks. Uh, so obviously, like, they haven't That's actually fair. grown to the size where I could eat them yet. But they're, <laughs> like... They're growing so much faster than I thought, and there's something fish tank-like about just every time I go into the kitchen looking, and sometimes, even in the same day, I'll look and it'll have grown noticeably over a few hours, which is so wild. Yeah. I want to say, the two you, that you know you have, Basil and uh, Dill, those are yeah. really good choices, because those are the ones that are so delicate when you buy them from the grocery store, they are wilted within 24 hours. Yes, absolutely. And um, I got, uh, I ordered some more seed pods, because as soon as it started growing, I was like, this is so fun. I'm going to want to do this again. Uh, so I got uh, mint and what was the other one I got? Sage, mint, and something else. I don't remember. But you mint is stuck with a theme and had them all be men's names. Basil, dill, uh, sage, I guess, passively, but not mint. Who was named dill? It's short, short for Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. No one ever has done that. Name one person who's ever gone by dill. Let me see if I can Google one. <laughs> so, you guys are just talking a bunch of bullshit, that is what I'm hearing. I wouldn't blink if someone was like, hey, I'm Dill. Yeah, no, I, I, I have known people in real life who do that, so, like, I can't give you examples of famous people, but... I don't believe you. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, there are some things, like, you just can't shorten that name in that way without me laughing at that. Well, hey, hey guys, that. I'm Dill. What? You can't be. You could be D. You could be no. Dillo. I'd be even <laughs> no. okay with Dillo. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Dill. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I'm going to say uh, it's going to be a no from me, dog. No. Yeah, okay. History's going to prove you wrong. Oh, sorry. You it's going to be a no from me, Dill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. Dill is not a good shortening of that name. But Dill is a good uh, uh, flavoring. Yep. Yep. And, uh, it, it's growing the fastest. It's funny to watch because the basil sprouted first and looked very, like, healthy and bushy and was coming up good. And then the dill just out of nowhere came and overtook everything. And oh my god, I'm an old man. That's my boy <laughs> dill. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we should all start taking bets on which one is going to reach the top of the thing fastest. What are the odds on mint? Uh, I haven't planted <laughs> mint yet, yet, but yeah. I, I'm, ta- I'm I th- taking that one. <laughs> I think guilt is definitely going to win in <laughs> this house. <laughs> mm, I'm so curious to know what guilt is going to be. <laughs> yeah. 
What if it's a weird hybrid of uh, dill and mint and... Gillyweed. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Gillyweed is a fake Harry Potter thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, if I could make a, a mojito that lets me breathe underwater, I'd be all for it. <laughs> Of all of the fake Harry Potter things, that one has the least fakey name, I think. That's true. We've talked, we've talked at length about how dumb and terrible the Harry Potter universe is, and I'm going to again, by which I mean, they do all of these things where they have these potions and stuff. Are you really telling me that no one over the whole history of magic figured out how to make them taste good? No, yeah. they just don't want to. Yeah, that's part of the thing, isn't it? Like, people don't trust a medicine that tastes fine. It has to taste bad, or they don't believe it. Oh, no, but I think like, wizards are just perverts. They <laughs> delight in making other people have a bad time of taste. Like, Harry Potter swallows that whole fist fi- fist-sized thing of seaweed to be able to breathe underwater. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. he have made that into a smoothie? No. I'm gonna say no. Because... No, I don't have a backup for that. Oh, okay. Well, well is it wiki time? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I pasted it in the chat. It's one I'm somewhat excited about. Um, it's certainly better than many we've done. Yes, that's true. Uh, it is Who is Indiana moving furniture Jones. around? Sorry, a whole big pile of uh, Christmas <laughs> gifts just fell over on top of me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no, he's trapped. <laughs> this is why you're so focused on the idea of guilt. You have physical manifestations of guilt surrounding you right now. Well, I, I need to wrap these gifts. I'm going to do it immediately as soon as we're done talking about this wiki, Jeff. <laughs> okay, it's the Indiana Jones wiki. Hooray. Yay. Um, the background is a generic like stock photo of a forest. It doesn't even seem like a jungle is all I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, and then it's brown. Um, it says Indiana Jones in the classic uh, font that gets smaller. I don't know what you'd call that, where it's uh, yellow at the bottom and orange at the top. Indiana Jones. Uh, it's gradient, gradient color and tapers yes. to the right. Yeah, I guess so. It doesn't pop off the page. It, like, pops back into the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's reverse 3D. It's like it's coming at you. Like it, <laughs> if it's like Indiana Jones's fist is the eye. <laughs> And then I guess there's a, an official Indiana Jones logo that I've never seen before, which is his hat uh, over superimposed on his whip that is curled around into a circle. So this could be a round emblem. It's all in black and white, though. It has a very, like, fan-made feel about it. That's true. Yeah, there's a, another one farther down the page on the right that is the same thing, but it also has some machetes and snakes crossed behind it. And he hates snakes, but yeah, he doesn't like snakes. Yes. That doesn't make sense. Snakes are his maybe least machete, favorite. Maybe the machetes are killing the snakes. <laughs> he does like killing mis- killing <laughs> snakes with machetes. <laughs> I think this forest in the background might be that still shot or a still shot of that part in Temple of Doom where they are camping out in the woods and then the giant bats appear and scare that girl very badly okay sure remember that yes i do remember that uh i don't don't know that i've ever sat through temple of doom what it's it's probably the worst one it's definitely well i mean crystal skull but yeah i haven't seen that i'm not even counting that one (laughs) temple of doom is definitely extremely bad but the idea of not having watched it one thousand times when you were 11 (laughs) is crazy to me (laughs) i watched raiders of the lost ark and uh the last crusade a lot i watched those two movies constantly but uh i think just like my dad didn't like temple of doom so we never watched it yeah I mean, it's got some okay parts in it. Yeah. The part, the part at that, like, Bangkok, uh, 
uh, nightclub where they're doing like a Chinese version of a anything like goes. a four- yeah anything goes. That's the one, and they're kicking that diamond around. That's fun. I like that. <laughs> That's like uh, the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, uh, I've talked about this before, but everything within Indiana Jones, and I do like the franchise, but everything within it is in the context of um, racism that was being filmed in the eighties. But they're like, no, it's fine because we're pretending it's the thirties, so it's fine yeah. that we're doing this. Yeah, and I don't feel good about that. <laughs> It was the first uh, indication that we should have not trusted George Lucas to do throwback <laughs> movies. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that is so striking about Indiana Jones, and especially Temple of Doom, is how much it informs us about how bad Steven Spielberg's sense of humor is. Yes. Yeah. Because he clearly was making that, like, people are going to bust their shit up at how upset this prissy woman is to be in the jungle. Let's keep on hammering that point for the rest of the movie. And it, it strikes me as the same sort of sense of humor that thought the truffle shuffle was hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Or, oh, this well, he, didn't, he didn't direct that one, at least. It's well, based on his... Wasn't it his story? It was his story, right? I have no idea how involved he was at uh, in the stuff that he slapped his name on but didn't direct in the 80s and 90s, because there's a lot of it. But I, I think, don't think that he ever met a tiny tune. Well, I think Goonies was a, a pet project of his, though. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, I thought that, Goonies. Was that Richard Donner? I think? I'm not sure. Chris Columbus, maybe? Uh, anyway, the Indiana Jones Wiki is an online encyclopedia that anyone can edit, based on the Indiana Jones saga created by George Lucas. Uh, the site strives to be a comprehensive reference for Indiana Jones fiction, including feature films, television series, novels, comics, and video games. Um, so I'm guessing that you can't put your own fan stuff on here, or maybe you can, I'm not sure. It doesn't look like it. It has, like, a pretty comprehensive thing on the front page of, like, here's in-universe stuff, here's real-world stuff, and here's pages for all the major entries in the franchise. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it's They're just They're doing an Indiana stuff. Jones 5? The first thing in this list oh, is no. Indiana Jones 5 yeah, 2022. Yeah, they, they announced it at the Disney Investors <laughs> meeting in the Lucasfilm section. Had they not seen Harrison Ford? (laughs) He apparently agreed to be in it for some reason, and they said that this will be the last one. But also, he's like the oldest 75-year-old in history. (laughs) Yeah! In the Star Wars's, I was like, he's definitely going to be the first person to die. And the fact that he's the last one is wild. Yeah. I mean, oh, not yeah. last, right? Well, well no. we don't know yet. Yeah. Well, saying. he's he's not going to outlive Mark Hamill. He's like 20 years older than him. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but he, so looks, he looks like the grandpa-est grandpa ever in that, though. It's wild. Uh, I, uh... I'm glad that he finally got his wish in Star Wars 7 and Han Solo died, because he's he wanted that to happen for, like, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel a mixed feelings about Indiana Jones. Definitely enjoyed it as a kid. Definitely don't feel so good about it anymore. Yes, it is certainly problematic. I think that it's okay to enjoy it as long as you acknowledge that it is sometimes problematic because it is still, like, like it or lump it, it is a thing that we as a culture did. And to just ignore <laughs> I mean, it is not helpful. <laughs> But I also think both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg don't care about women. And I don't think they hate women. They just don't think women are important. Women really don't have any place in their stories. They just don't care about them. So that informed too much of my childhood, I think, watching Indiana Jones. I have a fan theory that George Lucas um, is 
a completely sexless being. He has no interest yeah. in sex or romance whatsoever. Yes. Um, that makes because sense. Because the stand-in character for him in Star Wars is Luke, who never, ever has a romantic interest. Yeah. He kisses his sister that one time. She kisses him. <laughs> and he's like, what's that? But then he, <laughs> like, kissing? He raises his eyebrows at Harrison Ford, like, hey, I'm gonna fuck that sister later. <laughs> I think maybe he's a he's an asexual person mirroring what other people expect. So he's like, yeah, you probably want to do something with her, right? <laughs> Ford, you probably know what you want to do. Yeah, well, we definitely didn't learn about it in Tatooine school. <laughs> I mean, a lot of ink has been spilled about the fact that the quote-unquote humans in Star Wars are from a galaxy far, far away, and they are they seem to be bio- biologically identical to humans in yeah. our universe but maybe they just don't have genitals mm. Mm. well hold on <laughs> we do have one romance uh in the George Lucas canon that is consummated uh with children yeah but it Whoa, goes what? very badly children should not be consummating any kind of romance in these movies Jeff. <laughs> it is the result of the consummation is children <laughs> You mean to say uh, Leia and Han Solo? No, no, that is that is uh, Disney fan fiction, and I like okay. it. But <laughs> if we're going based solely on the things that uh, George Lucas wrote with his disinterest in romance and sex, yeah. the mm-hmm. relationship between Anakin and Padme is awful. Yes, it's the worst yeah, romance maybe- in the history of film. All I'm saying is that if you told me that Anakin opened his mouth and released a cloud of spores, and then that (laughs) caused Padme to become pregnant, I would be like, that tracks with how human this character is, which is to say not at all. The closest we get to uh, knowing when Luke and Leia were conceived is in that um, that, 2D cartoon that came out in 2004. (laughs) There's like a a tasteful cutaway. George Lucas wasn't involved in that, and when he got the chance to expand on it in the, like, seven-season cartoon that he made later, there is no indication of when they could possibly have had sex. Why would you yeah. want that? <laughs> it's just, like, for a for a series that is so interested in the timeline, mm. that whole thing is just so vague. It's very weird that um, Anakin, Anakin's whole deal is classic incel mm, Anakin, behavior. Anakin, Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. Mm. His whole deal is incel behavior, but then even when he marries the woman he loves who loves him and they have sex, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's his, um, his, his, what do you call it? Um, who's the king guy? Oedipus. His Oedipus complex. <laughs> the king mm. guy. <laughs> <laughs> his king guy complex. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because his mom died when he's a teenager, so he uh, never got to, like, get walked down the aisle or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so he wants to fuck his sister. Oh, wait, no, that's his son! Think about it. Uh, I didn't believe we could make the backstories of Star Wars worse, but we've done it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then even, like, Disney even kept with his wishes where the romance of Han and Leia is off-screen and then results in a little baby Hitler being born. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because they don't want to show the cloud of spores, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, uh, we've all seen how many Indiana Jones movies? I've only seen the first three. All of them. Okay. I've seen I have all seen all four and vaguely remember seeing parts of a few episodes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I watched all of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I don't remember even one-tenth of one second of one of them, but I do remember watching them. And I think there was a cartoon show. Yeah. And I played all of the... Uh, the, was there only one video game, the Atlantis one? Yeah, I remember uh, that too, and then I thought I was getting it confused with a text adventure, which I think was just like knockoff Indiana Jones. Yeah, no, there was a, there was a, an official Indiana Jones one made by Lucas Arts that was like in the style of the early Monkey mm-hmm. Island games. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was, and a, it it was, was pretty good. It was good. It it's was a, a good game. It's a beloved game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I probably have consumed the most Indiana Jones content, unless there was, like, a comic book that, that Jeff knows about that I don't. Uh, there probably is, but I can't recall having read one. I know that there's famously an Indiana Jones Star Wars crossover comic that is non-canon from, like, the 90s, where ugh, Han and Chewie crash land on Earth, and then 10,000 years passes, and Indiana Jones finds... Han Solo's skeleton and sees Chewbacca and he's Bigfoot. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's something. Is, wait, is Chewbacca immortal? Uh, I guess. <laughs> is yeah. he timeless? Is I feel he like Cthulhu? <laughs> people have been pointing out recently, and I've seen people talk about it before, but somehow it's suddenly come up again, that every planet in the Star Wars universe has its own, just like one biome. Like it's just a jungle planet, or it's just a desert planet, which doesn't make yep. any sense. And I yep. feel like yeah, like, Yodas and Chewbacca's and all those, like, they're just immortal because nobody wants to think about <laughs> whether they live or die or how long their lifespans are. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, we meet Chewie and he's 200 years old, so who knows how long he could live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the idea, I remember when I was a kid, somebody kept on trying to argue in, like, elementary school that the, that Chewbacca was just a grown-up Ewok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that would have been that would be great. Or if he was just like a horrifically deformed Ewok. <laughs> That's one of those things where when you're a kid and you're first you're, you're first starting to be able to go from A to C on your own without someone leading you through step B, and you're like, yeah. I think I understand that he's the same creature as Ewoks, but like it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. And then later you find out, no, you were all wrong. I mean, yeah, it is Wookie from Kashyyyk speaks Shriwook. <laughs> It is pretty wild that George Lucas tried to sell us on the idea of there's this giant teddy bear man who is so important in the beginning, and then in the third movie, we're going to meet a whole race of different teddy bear men. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, there's not a lot of types of monsters you could make when your only friend is Jim Henson. (laughs) (laughs) That's provably untrue. That's the most monsters you could make is if you're friends with Jim Henson. (laughs) Oh, this is a question I've been thinking about for a little bit. What okay. is the most Miss Piggy impressive- is the good one and Kermit is the bad one. That's the, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. obvious truth. Yeah, I'll go to the mat for this. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I want to say I wanted to ask what is to you the most impressive uh, Muppet style creature creation? Probably oh, like every time you every time you watch the movie, you're like, "Holy crap, that's a really good monster." <laughs> uh, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Oh. Pretty good. Is that a sincere answer? I mean, I will say this. I don't think I've looked at a picture of the Crypt Keeper since I was nine, but fuck, it scared the ever-loving Christ out of me (laughs) when I was a kid. And, like, it's so good a... It, it 
it is good enough that, again, when elementary kids were lying to each other when we, I was in elementary school, and somebody was like, yeah, they used a real dead body for that. I was like, I can't prove that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what's yours, Alisa? So, I'm gonna say I think the Garthim from the Dark Crystal, which are the giant black beetle enforcers for the Skeksis. Oh, yeah, with their weird wiggly oh, yeah. legs. Yeah, those yeah. things are so cool. I think they were people maybe on roller skates, but the way they moved was just very creepy and inhuman, and it really freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. like the um, wheelers in um, yes. Return to Oz. Yes. <clears throat> I think for me it's probably Audrey too. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. A good very one. good. Very visceral. It like- it's a shame because it's extremely good for most of it, but every once in a while you see the whole thing shake in a way where you're like, oh, someone inside that, like, nudged something wrong. <laughs> There's like 60 people inside that, and it's all covered in baby oil. <laughs> yep. Yes. It's very good. Oh, love it. It is good. Um, anyway, let's get into this wiki, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to go to random pages? I posted mine. Yeah, let's do uh, yes. yours. I'm going to. Okay. Mine is Delon, or Delon. Or Dill for short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Delon. <laughs> got him. Fucking got him. <laughs> Thank you for noticing eventually. (laughs) I got it. I just didn't want to acknowledge it. No, I don't care if you got it. I want Lisa to get it and acknowledge it because she's on my side. Whenever one of these fucking pop-up ads shows up on my screen, it takes over my brain for a second. (laughs) Why are you getting pop-up ads? Yeah, exactly. Why do you have your computer plugged into your uh, prefrontal cortex like that? I know. It's a mistake. It was a, in retrospect, it was a mistake. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bad surgery to get. It's not the technology's not ready yet. Yeah, they pulled it from the PlayStation Store because of all the bugs. <laughs> Matt, oh. I'm so afraid that this game, this Cyberpunk 2077 that you love so much, is going to destroy your computer. <laughs> it's just going to light your hard drive on fire. It does sometimes make my graphics card fans uh, whine like they're being tortured. Oh, man. You gotta stop playing this cursed game. I only play it for like an hour at a time just to be safe. And oh, yeah. I only, sure... at, I only look at the Necronomicon for an hour at a time. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> you make sure to make someone else play it within seven days before you go yeah. play it again. Exactly. That's why I keep recommending it on this show. <laughs> Anyway, I got Delon. Uh, I, Delon was a major in, of French intelligence who acted as Colonel Belmont's aide-de-camp during World War One. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, we all know about this character from the Young Indiana oh, Jones. Oh, Young Chronicles. Indiana Jones. Yeah, I'm like, I know, I can't place this guy, but now I get it. Yeah. I was like, World War One was before all the Indiana Jones movies, but yes, this is, yes, okay. All of this now makes sense. Um, yeah, he looks like a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> is he a bad guy? He Probably. Looks like, he looks like um, someone cosplaying Mr. Banks from uh, Mary Poppins. Mm, yes! <laughs> Extremely good, Louisa. You, you put your finger right on it. I wonder if this actor is famous. David Sibley. Nope, does not appear to be. I've heard that name, though. Page. How strange. He was in uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So. Big star. Yeah. Um. So anyway, looks like this is a guy who is a military guy for France. Yeah. During World War One. The end. French intelligence, so he probably, like, helps Young Indiana Jones get out of scrapes or something, right? Or... The thing about Indiana Jones that is so confusing is that he is simultaneously sort of anti-establishment, but also extremely rule-abiding. Yeah. 
where like I don't know, maybe I brought to brought more to the table than I realized. But when I remember back to the like G men coming to talk to him in the first movie about how he needs to go get the Ark of the Covenant, I always got the vibe that he hated them. Yeah. And he was like, fuck you, man. The government shouldn't be involved in procuring historical artifacts, I guess, question mark. Which is a fair statement to make, but to be like, it should be in a museum, but it shouldn't be in your museum. (laughs) It is very weird. And then he doesn't weird. He doesn't seem to mind destroying artifacts if it suits his purpose. Yeah. Like, I don't get what, like, why does it belong in a museum more than it belongs in, like, a private collector's collection? It Those belongs- seem equivalent to me. It belongs to the people that you're stealing it from. Well, here's the real thing. It belongs in a bunker, like in the one in Crystal Skull, because it fucking melts people's faces off. <laughs> it needs to be kept somewhere where someone's not gonna accidentally open it. What is the thing that belongs in a museum? That was just, like, a, a, a we're in the midst of an adventure at the beginning of the movie thing, right? Yeah, it was at the beginning of the first one. Does he's Balak on. Does steal something from him? Yeah, he's on a, a boat that, like, there's, like, a huge rainstorm and Balak and all his men come on board to steal something. Mm-hmm. And Balak's like, it belongs to me. And then he's like, no, it belongs in a museum. Mm-hmm. I like Balak's whole deal, which is like a cutthroat um, uh, supervillain of archaeology, <laughs> where the I guess he is- provides stuff to museums. I don't. I know it's not the first instance of it, but Balak being like you and I are not so different is maybe the most accurate it's ever been when he's talking to Indiana Jones because like they are both professors who are trying to steal artifacts from their rightful place so that they can take them to their place and then study them and sell them. Yes. Like, why is Indiana Jones get the moral high ground? Yeah, that's a good question. Because hmm. he's our hero. That's why he's not French. Also important. <laughs> mm, that does help. Do you think he? Uh, do you think anyone calls him Hank for short? <laughs> Who Bullock? No, uh, Henry oh. Jones. Oh no. Maybe I his don't. father was nicknamed Hank. So. We called the dog Hank. <laughs> <laughs> Hank is a good name. Oh, uh, you're the man dog. now, dog. <laughs> 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 oh God, uh. so, so many good memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, rest in peace, you awful bastard. <laughs> we love you. Do we? I don't know. But the things he would say were very good. <laughs> oh, man. Him as a Frenchman in the Highlander is the greatest thing that ever happened. Oh, no, Egyptian! He's the Egyptian! Mm-hmm. He's yes. an Egyptian Spaniard. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so I got a random page, <clears throat> and I have linked it to you in the chat there. And my random page is either Parisi or Parisii. There are two eyes at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that's per- the that's the horny name that Riker calls uh, Deanna <laughs> Troy in <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's a joke that no one's gonna get. <laughs> yeah, I don't even get it. I think I might be slipping into uh, <laughs> madness. The- a coma. <laughs> yeah. The kind of mental state where I would find Family Guy funny, because lately, whenever Matt <laughs> mentions anything I remember from childhood, I'm like, yes! Fucking, I love this! <laughs> well, you could try it on Hulu. <laughs> see. <clears throat> okay, I see the word Roman in this thing, so I'm gonna say it's Parisii. The Parisii were an ancient people who inhabited the Ile de la Cité on the Seine River, which eventually saw the establishment of a Roman encampment that expanded in the Middle Ages and grew to become the city of Paris, France. Okay. 
uh, visiting the city in 1908 on Henry Jones Sr.'s World Lecture Tour, tutor Helen Seymour told Indiana Jones of the Parisii. The boy then recognized that the city was named after the Parisii. <laughs> yeah, everyone realized that dumb shit. <laughs> Editorializing, yeah, he's a real genius. Um, <laughs> there is no further information for where this came up, but I'm gonna guess it has to be the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. 1908, he would have been like six. Yeah, why on earth wouldn't they mention where it's from? I guess they don't care. There is a wiki link really. to Parisi on Wikipedia, so. Listen, we don't want to look at everything through the lens of Indiana Jones on this <laughs> Indiana Jones wiki. <laughs> this is about history, damn it. <laughs> Based on the that one sentence on the main page about uh, finding out more about the world you love, I feel like they do think that they're going to give people some history lessons here. The Parisi were real people. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. Mm, you're learning something. You follow. I into am their learning trap. something. You yeah. click the external link. I did. Huh. The Parisi I were a Gaulish tribe. Now we know. Oh, that's uh, France. Thanks, Jeff. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's where Paris is, yes. You, you got it in one. Makes sense. This is why Jeff mm. is a history teacher. Because <laughs> he knows these details. I'll teach yep. English this year. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> uh, not French, huh? <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm losing my mind a little bit. Yes. <laughs> you are. Uh, I got a random page. I got yeah. probably the first thing we recognize. Yeah! The first Crusade. Yay! Uh, it's got a picture of that old guy who tells what's-his-face that he chose poorly. Yeah, we love that guy. He's a total me. Grail Knight. Does he not get a name? Oh, he does. Wait, does he? Sir Richard. Oh, wait, no, I see. Sir Richard, the, the Grail, Grail Knight, Knight, and a third sibling mm. are the uh, Knights of the First Crusade. Yeah. So he's now, there were Sir Richard's way more, brother. There were way more than three knights in the the first crusade right that's right it failed there were only three ah <laughs> oh, damn it not many people know just three knights and a bunch of kids <laughs> whoops uh-oh yeah, oh wait three, i would three watch knights that. and a little lady yeah i would watch that movie <laughs> i hope they reboot it soon uh, that's it's, a joke just for us audience because they are in fact rebooting three men and a baby starring zach efron is there I a say- chance that- I'm so mad about that because the whole fucking point of it was it was the 80s and it's like, whoa, can you believe it? Men have to take care of their kids nowadays. Like, does that still apply in fucking 2020? I love the idea that they're going to do this and it's going to be a thing of like, look at this. Men, like a group of men together raising a baby and then like next door to them will live a gay couple who has an adopted kid. And it's like, yeah, we're doing it. Like, what? okay. Oh, two men and a baby. Yeah. Oh, you got an extra man. Good, I guess. Is he the nanny or what? So stupid. Yeah. It'll be a gay couple and their uh, stoner roommate, Zac Efron, all raising a child together. Oh, wait, okay, hold on. You're selling me on this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I like this movie now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like Marley and Me, but with all men. Oh my god, does that mean Zac Efron dies at the end? Yeah, he's I'm okay the dog. <laughs> The dog, the dog dies in that movie, right? I yes. don't know. Was wait, which one's the one with Owen Wilson? Is that Marley and Me? That's yes. Marley and Me. Yes, okay, the dog yeah. does die. Yes. Oh, those Spoiler bastards! Alert. The dog, the dog didn't even die in Paranormal Activity two, and they kill it <laughs> off in a movie about a dog. Awful. Mm. And, well, they killed off that boy in About a Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know not if that's yet. true, because not I don't know what the movie's about. No, that, that did not happen, but he did become Beast. So anyway. 
Does um, anyone die in about time? Probably. Is that Justin Timberlake time? Oh yeah, time right? time on my hands <laughs> as I walk. <will> <laughs> oh no, it. sorry. About time is the Domino Gleason time travel. Movie, oh fuck! Where he yeah. falls in love with Rachel McAdams and then has to time travel about it because she oh, really yeah. falls in love with people who are traveling through time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Bill Nighy is like everyone in our family has this superpower. Yeah. And he's like, you better start believing in ghost stories because you're in one. <laughs> crossover we've all been waiting for. <laughs> That's not the right guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean has been reduced to that one quote in my memory. That's literally the only thing I remember about the whole series. Every popular movie from the early 2000s is just a meme now. Yes. Well, I remember that um, Pirates of the Caribbean has the same plot as Monkey Island, so I always do think of Guybrush Threepwood. Guybrush Threepwood was everything that you wanted, um... What's Will, Johnny Depp's character's name? Will. Oh, wait, no, Johnny Depp's character? Oh, yeah, I guess it is uh, Will Turner. Yeah. More yeah, so. Yeah, Will than. Turner. Um, yeah, I mean, that. Monkey Island really proves that that movie should have been about Will Turner and not about Captain Jack Sparrow. Yes. I but, mean, I think they tried to do that with the first one to make it about yeah, Will the Turner. First, the first one, Will Turner, is definitely the main character. Yeah. But they spend almost all of the movie not focusing on him or what he's doing. Well, like Guybrush, he's sort of a nobody. He's a nothing. <laughs> he just moves around so you get to see the other action. Yeah. Yes, that's how movies work, though. Like, we are supposed to be, <laughs> like, if there's an audience surrogate character, they're supposed to be involved in all the things that are happening. No, no. We I mean, just he click tries. around on the screen until he finds the right rope to <laughs> move to the next screen. <laughs> Don't let that seagull steal your donut. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Donuts. I might be confusing this with a different game. What's to me in my in my memory is that I often confuse stuff from Monkey Island with stuff from Space Quest, which was also a very good adventure game series. Mm-hmm. But I think they were made by entirely different groups of people, right? Yeah, that's the thing. When you're a kid, you're like, these things are related. And then later you're like, why the fuck did I think they were related? But like, tonally, they are identical. (laughs) And it's wild that two unrelated groups of people made the same game, just one in space and one with pirates. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the thing. They also, like, like um, what was it? King's Quest and Police Quest are the same thing. <laughs> are they? Is- I don't know. I've never played Police Quest. Is that the Jackie Chan movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Police Story. Oh, yes. <laughs> I or- genuinely thought that that's what it was called. Okay, sorry. I think one of them is called Super Cop also. And he's the <laughs> eponymous Super Cop. <laughs> mm, but ACAB, am I right? Yeah. Oh, including Wait, Jackie Chan. Wait, guys, yeah. is Jackie Chan the only cop who's not a bastard? Is that the no. title of the next no. Jackie Chan movie? No, he is a bastard. It's, it's, oh, that is tweet, it's that tweet about killing Tony Hawk in the race war, but it's killing Jackie Chan when we overthrow the police. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the most obscure <laughs> meme explainer we've ever had. <laughs> So I keep staring Wait, at this page you got, Matt, and uh, it says that there were three brothers, and I think no, that's- Mine! It's yeah. my page, yeah. oh, sorry, bastard. I think I remember that from the movie now, reading it, but that seems crazy to me. Was that part of the movie? 
Yeah, he's like, me and my brothers found this, and the three of us had to decide who would stay here and, like, keep an eye on it. My and brother then, King yeah. Richard? Is that who this Richard is? No, I don't think it's a it's a famous Richard. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. I'm now I'm confused about the uh, Robin Hood legend, because didn't King Richard go fight in the Crusades? No, no, no. Remember, Richard is the one that they find his body, and it has the secret map to how to find the place on his shield, because he's in that rat tunnel with that Nazi lady. Okay, I do remember that, but also, wasn't King Richard the good guy in Robin Hood? Am I crazy? I mean, was yes, that King somebody else? there was more than one Richard in medieval England. Yeah, but how many went to Crusades? A lot of them. <sighs> for some reason, the page for Richard, the Knight of the First Crusade, uses a screenshot from the adventure game adaptation <laughs> of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Instead of just, like, a picture of the skeleton from the movie. Uh, on the homepage of this, it says it tries to cover all the different fictional worlds of Indiana Jones, so it has to give equal airtime to all of them. Mm-hmm, I exactly. guess so, but it's it's not a screenshot from the comic book or the lines from the novel that describe his bones. Well, I bet if we looked at every page, there would be an equal number of comic references to movie, to TV, etc. Mm. That's definitely not true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Knights of the First Crusade are not listed as appearing in the comic or adventure game adaptations of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Did they cut that part out for some reason? I don't know. The climax of the movie? I guess the reason this guy had three brothers is just so that it, they can explain why somebody else knows where this thing is. Yeah, like, I guess these so. three guys stumbled on it, and then for Indiana Jones to be able to find it, there needs to be somebody who found it and then left so that they could tell other people about finding it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Of course, yes. Okay. Somebody has to break the uh, silence or else we won't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this guy's, the, this guy's maybe the best character in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we love we love Grail Knight. He's our favorite. We stand, I love- We stand an, an immortal Grail Knight. <laughs> I love the incredibly dry delivery of he chose poorly. Yeah. yeah. It's like the perfect joke. <laughs> How many so, times has that guy seen people just fucking <laughs> turn into withered skeletons in front of him? Hundreds so of times, many right? Times. I don't so, think it's implied that anyone else has found this place. Oh, I thought there there was a cavern that opened in the ground so they could get rid of all the bones from previous guesses. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I guess he has been in there for 900 years, so... Yeah. Like, it could be one person every century, and it would okay. still be a pretty big pile of skeletons. <laughs> I want to dive into that. So, is it is the implication that this guy, while he's waiting, is just taking little sips out of the Holy Grail? <laughs> yeah. He absolutely. does know which is the right one, so yeah, probably. <laughs> but isn't it implied that the Holy Grail gives you all kinds of god powers, not just not dying? Him and his brothers, according to this page, lived in that cave for 150 years. So were they drinking out of the grail every day? Yes. How else could they stay alive? What are they going to do? Eat rats? I guess you only have to drink out of the grail once to be immortal, huh? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's no such thing as limited immortality. Well, was, oh, here. oh, you're blowing my mind, Matt. We, when we were going to uh, pump up our um, energy drink, when we're going to talk about how great it is, we need to say it contributes <laughs> immortality, but only for a short while. Yeah. Because that's <laughs> true. Immortality. Of, that's true of every kind of food and drink, I've suddenly realized. Um, I, I think that it can't possibly be permanent immortality because Henry Jones Sr. died between movies three and four. Yes. Oh, that's a great point. And he did drink from the grail. Wait, yes. that makes no sense. It, it, it 
cured his gunshot wound or whatever, though, right? So wait, yeah. when you drink from the Holy Grail, you either get immortality or recovery from one wound. Yeah, exactly. The healing power is just the one, one point. Yeah, it's like if you ate a, if you use the phoenix down at full health, you'd be immortal. Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. Yeah, that's why the game doesn't let you do it. <laughs> You, maybe it is that you have to keep drinking from the grail to stay immortal, in which case this is pretty shitty immortality. I don't know, that guy's been alive for 900 years, so who's yeah. crazy now? Yeah, but he had to live in this cave the whole time, because he, he had to have the, the grail. grail with him. And then what? People he are gonna be coming for that grail all the time. He's the one who decided he had to stay in the cave and protect it. Mm-hmm. But then in a thousand years, he's, like, sitting grizzled, drinking beer out of the Holy Grail. <laughs> And some young upstart comes in and challenges him to a gunfight for the Grail. And he's like, this is the one trillionth gunfight I've had for this Grail. I just want to die, but I can't. The Twilight Zone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What was your point? Because that sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good movie to me. Oh, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, done. Good. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Uh, if you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about it. It would be a Christmas gift to us, your friends, mm-hmm. if you told your other friends about it. Don't tell us about it. <laughs> Even though we are your friends, we already know about it. I'm not your friend. Yeah, introduce, oh, no. together. introduce all your friends at a party, and we're your friends, and your other friends are the other friends, mm-hmm. and the party is the internet. Thank you. Yeah, do not go to an actual party. We cannot stress this enough because yeah. you will die of COVID. Yes. Breathe breathe in the bits and bites of this podcast episode and cough them into the mouths mm-hmm. of your loved ones. In a way, just like that internet meme of the people blasting spheres of red and blue onto each other, yeah. we are the red one blasting spheres spheres of bad jokes onto you to make up for all those spheres you're not getting blasted with in the meat space. Yeah, so you're welcome. Our our, uh, face shield is not reading our Twitter comments. (laughs) Yeah. That's That's how we avoid getting blasted with your spheres. (laughs) Yeah, this is a one-way interaction. We will will poison you, but you will not poison us. How dare you? But if you do want to poison us with your ideas, yeah. you can contact us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord and poison, pour your poison directly into our ears like Hamlet's uncle. Uh, to join our oh, Discord, my- send us a message on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm... <laughs> Go to mastodon.social slash at JeffJK or Snapchat and Instagram. I'm also JeffJK. All right. Find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Was Hamlet a Christmas story? Because there is a Christmas ghost in it. In what way is he a Christmas ghost? I'm willing to go with you on this. (laughs) Yeah, he's a ghost of a king and he Hmm. bears gifts. From the past. Is, yeah. Are you saying Santa's a king and a ghost? Yes, I am saying that. Yes, yes. Agreed. Okay. Huh. We figured it out. All I right. googled Hamlet Christmas and everyone else is asking, is Hamlet a Christmas play? <laughs> yes! Wait, what? I'm not crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> I thought Louisa was being dumb. That can't be a real thing. Uh, some say that ever gainst that season comes wherein our Savior's birth is celebrated, the bird of dawning singeth all night long. You can't say that everything that mentions Christmas is a Christmas story. That's mm, not okay. Can't you? Have you heard the diehard discourse? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 
right. The thing is, people lump the diehard die discourse in with the Gremlins discourse, and I think Gremlins is way more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. Yeah, agreed. I think that they are both very much Christmas movies, and the what? entire point of both movies is mixing another genre in with Christmas movie. I'll buy that. Uh, die Hard has zero to do with Christmas. Like, the inciting incident is a Christmas party, and that is where it ends. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Yes, I know. And it uses a lot of Christmas imagery. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. I mean, and there's... The, the screenwriter sets, like, all of his movies around Christmas. He's a real weirdo. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, John, what's his name? Hughes and Chicago? Hughes, thank you, yes. <laughs> That's okay, exactly you know, what I was trying to think of. <laughs> it's Shane Black, I think, right? Who wrote Iron Man 3 as well. I don't know. Trading Places is a Christmas movie. Is it? Agreed? Oh, yes. We're agreed. Yes, okay. absolutely yes. Just for that part where he tries to eat a salmon while wearing a Santa beard. <laughs> yeah. God, that's so disgusting. <laughs> it's the grossest thing that had ever happened in a movie. Damn it, he didn't write Die Hard. He wrote Lethal Weapon, which is the uh, same thing, but different. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry I got us starting the podcast again when we're supposed to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> we looped ourselves. This is a Christmas uh, bonus part. So. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome, um, audience. You're welcome. Happy holidays from us. Uh, and we hope you guys stay safe and we will talk to you in the new year. No, we'll talk to you before the new year, probably depending on how fast Jeff edits these episodes. So, (laughs) well, I'm going on break. So So he won't, he won't edit them at all. (laughs) Release all of them the first week of January. (laughs) Yep. All right, guys, thanks for uh, listening to the show. Please come back next week. In the meantime, please remember to keep your pockets on Shrek. Read comments? Not. Don't do that. Do your job! What were you doing there, Jeff? Yeah, what was that? Don't Don't do that. That was the remix. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, remember Kate Blanchett from Indiana Jones 4? No. Yes. It was pretty cool. No. Oh, she's a Nazi, right? She's, like, real tough, wearing leather. She's a, she's a she's Russian. A, a Soviet babe with uh, a, like, short haircut and a sword. Yeah. It's post-World War II into the Cold War, so she's a Russian. But same same vibe. Yeah. Same thing where Jeff wants this woman to kill him, right? <laughs> it's one of those. Remember when fucking Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be a fencing expert <laughs> and fought oh, no. against her on the hood of a car? No, no. Fuck, that movie sucked. (laughs) I thought that uh, Henry Mutt Williams was the least offensive part of the movie uh, compared to, like, the CGI monkeys, uh, avoiding a nuclear blast in a refrigerator that gets launched miles across the desert and you live. (laughs) Hold on a second. Uh, You said Henry Williams... But I happen to know his mother's name is Marion Ravenwood. So what? And his step he he has a stepfather's oh. last name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um no, but Jeff, this is all of a piece because the thing is, Mutt Williams is fine. Uh, as a character, I guess. But the fact that they've managed to shoehorn in him being like, yeah, I'm in the fencing team in school, whatever. I'm still a rebel early in the movie. And then later on, it just so happens that Kate Blanchett is also a fencer and they fight on the hood of a car driving through the jungle. It's is... called screenwriting, man. <laughs> it's exactly. Ever heard of it? <laughs> It's exactly as bad as all of the other things you mentioned.
I'm looking at a picture of Mutt Williams riding his motorcycle, and he looks 100% exactly like uh, Michael Sarah in Twin Peaks. <laughs> I heard about that, and I didn't believe it, but then I saw photos, and I did believe it. <laughs> um, I would genuinely have loved it if, like, talk about screenwriting. All you need to do is, first of all, take out that dumb shit about him being in the fencing team in school, because what the fuck? And yeah, instead, he's Indiana Jones' son. He could just be magically good. Or have this woman pull out her fencing rapier and is like, I'm going to cut you or whatever. And then he pulls out his switchblade and jabs her in the ribs because he's a greaser. That's the whole fucking point. Yeah, that would be cool. And that's such a fucking Indiana Jones move. Like shooting that guy with the saber. Yeah. Yeah, That's fucking screenwriting. (laughs) Here's the thing. George Lucas forgot how to screenwrite in 1990 (laughs) and then died. Uh, so you're saying this is a bigger George Lucas who's uh, I think, yeah. I think you bigger might have George the order Lucas wrong there, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I feel so I feel so bad because like it's very clear that the problem is he became a living legend of filmmaking and so no one uh punched up his material anymore like they did back when he made good movies. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Sad. Like no one, no one was there to be like, oh no, you can't do an Indiana Jones about aliens. That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, they were all stupid. I think you could have done one about aliens, and it could have been okay. Yeah. This this movie was based on a script from the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles that didn't get made because the show got canceled. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's like the most pathetic possible source for a story to be like, yes, it's the new entry in Indiana Jones. But yeah. if you if you wrote that story, how fucking delighted would you be at <laughs> that turn of events? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, if I was George Lucas, I would have been pretty delighted that I decided to use my story <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> I genuinely think that even with this dumb, terrible story, this could have been a good movie if they just made it the way that the, like, Indiana Jones movies were made. (laughs) It would have at least not been offensive if they had just decided, we're not going to use CGI, it's going to be all practical effects. Mm -hmm. Like, all the dumbest parts would have not been in it. It'll still be racially offensive, though, right? We can all agree on that. (laughs) Well, it has to be, or it's not an Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) But like, uh, I think this one avoids that by not having anything but white people in it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely untrue, Jeff, and that is also pretty offensive. I don't remember this movie because I saw it once. Don't you remember years the part? Where, don't you remember the part where they're grave robbing in that old, uh, like Native American village? And you then, are going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> that's the whole all, series. And then all of the Native Americans are like hiding in the ruins with their backs painted like brick walls or whatever. (laughs) Christ. You remember this? How the hell is the Disney Corporation going to make an Indiana Jones movie now? Uh, Hire me and Jeff and Louisa to write it, and we will (laughs) write it good. Yeah, we would do One, it's gonna have to take place in, like, 1970 at this point. Great! They can figure out who D.B. Cooper is or whatever the fuck. We can do this. Here's... (laughs) Here's how the fucking movie starts. Are you ready for this shit? Scene one, Indiana Jones dies. Yep. Okay. All right. The rest of the movie is everyone being like, Indiana Jones had all of these maps to things and no one knows where he put them. It becomes everyone trying to find out the secrets of Indiana Jones's life. The rest right, of the and movie- And now an older Mutt Williams played by Nicolas Cage has to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> 
okay, you're taking my very good idea and making it bad. Because here's what uh, I'm National Treasures is genuinely an entertaining film. Here's what I'm saying. This movie could still be good and about a good story about Indiana Jones with Indiana Jones dying at the beginning because it becomes the people looking for his stuff need to like read his notes about all the adventures he went on to find where he did stuff. And then we have flashbacks to him doing all of the shit. Yeah, I was going to say, you could still have uh, a good amount of Harrison Ford involved by doing the flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So would I you do it. flashbacks to like the late 60s or would you de-age him? <clears throat> Uh, DH. Or yeah, a little of both, actor. I think. Yeah. You want to have the catharsis of some of them being near the end of his life. Yes. Wait, what if you get Alden Ehrenreich to play him as a young man? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's that? I oh, He's the guy who played Han Solo in the young Han Solo movie. <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> this is incredible. I am so sad this isn't going to go in the podcast, because if it I'm did, this 100% would get us the job of writing this movie. I'm still recording, <laughs> Yeah, I'm baby. still recording. I am too, but you can't put all this at the end. Okay, I like... You? <laughs> I like the idea of of he has to uh, fight DB Cooper. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, we DB got- Cooper steals the first Bible or whatever. No, you have we to do the idea. Really you have to do the Indiana Jones shit where like Mutt Williams ends up being DB Cooper <laughs> because he is stealing something that's actually important and he's actually the hero, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're doing that in the Loki TV show. In the trailer, he's very clearly DB Cooper in one of the scenes. Nice. I like good. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Especially this Loki because, show's uh, gonna actually be good, isn't it? I think it might actually I be think good. so. Tom Hiddleston is good. He, they yeah. just don't give him anything to do in those bad movies. He's so yeah. fucking charming, and it's very off-putting how charming he is. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird to see him in interviews after having watched all of the Marvel movies he's in, because his Loki is fine, but then he's in interviews and he's just like the sweetest and most charming man alive. See, you say that, but I've seen all the period dramas that all these Marvel people got poached from, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. So you knew that he was good. <laughs> yeah. You remember when he was getting stabbed in the face by his sister in Crimson Peak. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's all I remember from him, except when he lands in Germany in The Avengers. <laughs> Captain <laughs> yeah. America throws his shield at him. That's it. <laughs> That's still the dumbest shit. I can't believe... I, I know, I know we all want to go, but I can't let it slide. I can't believe that Loki was in Germany doing all that dumb shit, and Captain America comes in and is like, I have this shield, and I'm gonna punch you, and Loki's like, I'm afraid of you. What?! <laughs> You have magic! Mm-hmm. No, he was just pretending. He got caught on purpose, remember? So he I could know, release but, the Hulk. I know, but none of them are smart. Like, obviously, sure. if if you showed up to Loki <laughs> with a gun suit and was like, I'm gonna arrest you and shoot you with my gun if you don't come with me, and he's like, okay. Like, <laughs> really? Really okay? Well, well Captain America is very trusting. Yeah, the the Avengers is about hubris, if nothing else. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Yeah, they're all stupid. They're the world's stupidest people and they get superpowers. I guess the fact that he needs to get caught in order to get on the thing to trick the Hulk also makes no sense. Because he's fucking Loki. Yeah, that movie, sure. a lot of it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, the only smart one of them is the Hulk, and his superpower is that he gets really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Okay, we're done. Yeah, we got to stop recording. Are all the Avengers himbos? I'm stopping recording.